Welcome to the ESPR podcast Inside Conflict with Moritz Ehrmann. So in the first episode of our ESPR podcast series Inside Conflict, we're going to discuss the conflict in Sudan. And we will try to go as deep as possible into the topic. So over the past decades since Sudan's independence, there have only been brief periods of relative stability. Sustained resistance of different insurgency groups, as well as the eventual independence of the South, were a result of this. After the fall of Sudan's longtime dictator Hamar al-Bashir, the so-called Juba process was started with most of the insurgency groups in the country. And yet this process still presents many challenges. While the revolution that ousted al-Bashir apparently only led the country into a different kind of instability, with severe socio-economic and political pressures seeming to once again threaten Sudan's stability. And of course, the recent turbulent uh, developments uh, in Khartoum are a good example of this. So I'm here today uh, on our first topic, our first episode, Inside Conflict, Inside Sudan. And I'm here with uh, our two experts, uh, Mrs. Uh, Manar Asrak uh, from the Sudanese uh, diaspora in Vienna and a known insider in Sudanese politics. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, of course, I'm also here with our uh, own uh, uh, in-house expert, our head of uh, research, uh, Jan Pospisil, who uh, is also an expert on peace processes. Thanks for being here. Hi, good to be here. So as our first topic, uh, we're going to discuss the so-called December Revolution and the establishment of a new, if you want, disorder. So after almost 30 years in power, Sudan's dictator, Omar al-Bashir, had to step down in April 2019 in the face of powerful street protests that started in December of the previous year. After Bashir's ousting, a new transitional government took shape, consisting of military and civilian components. Of course, some major figures of Bashir's security apparatus, such as, for example, Mohamed Hamdan Dagallo, also known as Hemeti, the commander of the so-called Rapid Support Forces, were part of this government, as well as transformative civilian figures. Of course, as recent events have showed, this was indeed a fragile arrangement. Now, uh, to begin the conversation, perhaps let us um, look back uh, into the um, into the past um, of the Bashir regime, um, and in particular uh, to the question: How did uh, the emergence um, and the later continuation of this regime relate um, to the still ongoing, one might say, violent conflict uh, in in Sudan? Uh, so what are the root causes uh, uh, of these conflicts and how do they relate to, um, to the uh, emergence of the Bashir uh, regime? Uh, Mrs. Manar, please, let us, let us know what you think. Okay. Uh, I think the root and the cause of the conflicts and the problems in Sudan as general uh, has a variety of reasons, but one of the main reasons are the configuration 
and the formation of the Sudan as a colonial state in itself. Uh, before it used to be a variety of uh, political communities, uh, sultanates, and uh, merchant uh, kingdom. And after the independence and the declaration of Sudan, the war of Sudan, Belt of Sudan, uh, end of the 19th century, uh, beginning of the 20th century, the political elite uh, didn't acknowledge or address the challenges and the problem of uh, of uh, uh, of uh, diversity and pluralism. This was a huge problem from the very beginning, and it continues through all the regimes in Sudan, and uh, it ended then in cultural and uh, and uh, ethnic prejudices. This was a huge problem. Also, the lack of development. And uh, the unequal access to resources, the uneven development, if uh, 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 the unequal uh, development uh, in the Sudan as general nationwide, and the centralism. This was also a very huge uh, problem, and the marginalization of uh, the rest of Sudan to the benefit of the center. This would be also the problem of the future of Sudan, of Sudan, of the new Sudan, unless we address these uh, questions seriously. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Jan, what would you add to this, to this question? I think also I would completely agree. And what is important to say that from basically the early 80s onwards, like the answer of the regime was not to invest so much into the development of the country, but try to solve this with, or to solve, or kind of to manage the conflicts via a strong reliance on identity politics, particularly on, on Islam, and the establishment of an Islamist regime that came, like, paradoxically, even with a Republican president, like self-declared Republican president, Mary, mm -hmm. who, under pressure by the then Islamic Front, um, declared Sharia in the whole country, also in the south, which led basically to the establishment of the SPLA mm -hmm. and the fight against uh, the government on several kinds of fronts. And I think this is where the continuation is with the, to the Bashir regime, because Bashir, though himself probably not the hardcore Islamist as a person, heavily relied on a collaboration with Hassan al-Turabi and others, um, and, 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 and relied like as his backbone on, on Islamist politics and therefore um, fueled the conflicts instead of really managing them. So one might say really quite a few uh, elements that would lead uh, any country into, into conflict. Uh, so uh, Manar, did you, did you want to add something? I would add, uh, to add to what I am Jan, I just uh, said, and the identity, the identity of the nation uh, is still not verified since also the independence. This is also a huge problem. And uh, uh, the cultural, uh, what do you call it? The cultural, um, the Arabic and Islamic culture, the, dominating, uh, the domination of the Arabic and Islamic culture is also one of the problem regards to, as I said, the diversity and uh, pluralism, pluralism of, uh, of the Sudan as a nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is of course an issue, sort of, if, uh, if a country has several identities, 
and and then a regime tries to or any actor of course tries to put one identity on the on the whole of the country this is this is of, of course a problem we find in in many different uh, contexts and then of course the question is so this went on over over many years or even decades right uh, since since the independence mm. and when on uh, and how especially uh, and what led to the to the fall of this of of this particular regime of uh, al-bashir's uh, regime. So, why did this eventually uh, uh, happen in, in 2019? Uh, Jan, maybe if you want to answer first. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess there are several factors um, leading into the collapse of, of the Bashir regime. And it's, it's on the first hand, I think it's important to talk about the actors who basically ousted Bashir. And this is um, a lot of professionals, also students, that have been educated. You have to take into account that the Sudanese education system, particularly the university education system, is also internationally very, very good. So what paradoxically the regime did was producing a lot of people with a lot of expectations and visions and, and kind of the will to have like a good life. And they were basically then the ones organizing this, this resistance. But on the other hand, there was, of course, like a huge financial problem the regime was facing um, after losing the oil wealth to the south after the split of South Sudan. Um, they were challenged to uh, come up with new kind of uh, sources of financing, particularly since Sudan has been cut off the international financial flows and basically cut off the international financial market, um, which also leads to a lot of follow-up problems down the line because even Sudanese businessmen would have huge issues with kind of doing trade across borders and all these kinds of things, of financing, getting international loans, all these things wouldn't happen. And this then triggers down to very concrete issues like prices of, of, of basic food items, bread prices and all these kinds of things, fuel prices. And basically all these protests initially over the last years that Bashir was facing were triggered by either fuel or, or food prices? Yes, I mean, I, this it seems to be, but behind that there is a huge and plenty and variety of, of reasons, amounting reasons, you know. 2013, I, I, actually, the uprising started 2013. For a certain time, and um, the reaction of the regime was brutal, murderous, and uh, heinous, you know. This is the second try, 2019. Uh, well organized, uh, borrowed out benefit from the experience of the Arab uprising and uh, organized themselves more better. Uh, it is also, uh, the participants are from all over the Sudan, Students, workers, housewomen, you can, like everybody. And the mobilization was triggered by the lack of foil, maybe, uh, and uh, the lifting of subsidies from, uh, uh, from goods, from uh, uh, primary goods and stuff like that. But actually, it was a normal outcome after 30 years of repression, genocide, uh, severe human rights violation, 
repressives, all this contribute to the mobilization of an uprising in this magnitude. Yeah. So, uh, as usual, it was a sort of uh, conglomeration of reasons that led to one event, uh, one might say. So, a sort of general tendencies that had existed since, uh, like you were explaining, since the beginning of, uh, or since the, since independence, one might say, this question of, yes. this unresolved question of identity, and then the answer, the very repressive answer of, of, of the regime throughout uh, the decade. Um, and then all the socio-economic uh, uh, reasons that um, at one point in time probably uh, amounted to so much pressure on the people that uh, that sort of very suddenly uh, uh, the, the regime that had been there for so long uh, could no longer uh, sustain itself. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, of course um, the question is, what came after? Um, this is often the question, of course, in such uh, transitional periods after a long uh, period of, uh, of dictatorship, and 30 years is, of course, a very long time. Um, what, what happens after? And uh, Of course, we, we always hope that something better would come afterwards. Um, so thinking of, uh, of course, more participation of the people, democracy, um, uh, that, of course, then in turn uh, leading to, to better economic development. This is the assumption, of course. This mm -hmm. is what we all hope for. Um, but the question is, is this the reality? Or what, uh, what, what came afterwards? Um, and where, in what situation did it, did it put the country? Um, Manar, if you want to have a go. Okay, in order to understand what is going to happen or what is happening now or what this expectation has to be, we have to understand how um, al-Bashir managed his, uh, his, 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 uh, his regime. Uh, al-Bashir ousted all qualified people from the uh, civil service, from like everywhere, from the military and stuff like that regardless to qualifications, regardless to the need of them in those uh, certain places, and replace them with people who are loyal to him, you know. Uh, this leads to uh, patronage and uh, 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 destroying of the civil rules, you know. This was a huge problem, and it, it it is. It is. It hurts the. It hurts the, the Sudanese issues till now. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is one of the one of the point. Uh, also, as I said, the repression uh, for for uh, for the civil society, repression of the media, all these obstacles. You cannot imagine that, you cannot aware that, uh, nobody can aware that in, in, in few years or in few months everything would be in order. Mm -hmm. you know? But it must not be uh, no order also, either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you know? Uh, the parties who are struggling now, uh, they have lack of experience in every sense you can imagine the only maybe two or three old parties, which is old in each sense, 
maybe they have the experience and they have the um, I, I I would say very very carefully vision, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but um, we as we see we see now it is just struggling struggle to come together uh, to have a common common. Uh, common direction perhaps yes Mm -hmm. common Mm -hmm. direction maybe Mm -hmm. common direction and common point Mm -hmm. to start with Mm -hmm. because we are just like uh, running inside a circle since Mm -hmm. uh, two and a half two and a half years Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's very unfortunate I mean of course such a long period of dictatorship will bring a lot of challenges to a new system that that tries to be democratic and pluralistic uh, and so on um, Jan, what would you add to this? Yeah, I think as has been said, I mean, what actually happened um, when Bashir was out is also this even a matter of contestation. Or is it like, mm-hmm. has it been like a revolution? Has it been like a military coup? Like mm-hmm. all these explanations are out there. And I think what undoubtedly happened was that there is, there was a shift in the, in the overall power balance that led to a critical juncture with things happening, without doubt. But Definitely, the security apparatus that Bashir basically built is still there and is part of the government. And it's even a question what we have now is this one government, is this several governments? It's basically now officially several parts of one government, but if you look in how they function, they almost work independently in their own interests. So it is in a, in a, a very contested, very movable, very fluid sphere that we have at the moment. And it's definitely not a settled kind of political um, institutionalization that has that has happened since Bashir was Bashir fell mm-hmm. and uh, the military has still a key role but even the military is not just the military there's like the, the rapid support forces have almost the same strength like the military in terms of numbers at the moment they're well equipped as well and you have to take into account during the Bashir years the military ran basically large parts of the country so not just the military operations, but they had like lots of business operations going on as well, lots of money. So these people, they are not just going away, and they are there. And this is at the moment the big kind of compromise, this like debates, everything that's kind of going on. The the big contestation behind what we have there is the the, the current system at the moment. And the military is the biggest, uh, the the main investor in the in the country, you know, and. Uh, they work in everything and f- single field you can imagine: telecommunication, uh, mining, and, trans- uh, and agriculture, and everything you can imagine. You know, the same also the rabbits, uh, the so-called rabbit support force. You know, so the rabbit support force itself it is a state in a state, and it's growing and growing and growing. You know. And it's a real threat to the democracy and the transition of democracy, uh, of democracy and to the human rights. And uh, we must not also forget the rabbit support force and its roots, where it comes from. This is one of the, uh, of the main problems in Sudan right now. And uh, the military also is also a state in a state itself. This is why they survived the fall of al-Bashir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just fell him, himself, but the rest are still here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to, so to say, you know? And they will continue uh, unless something happened. For example, like 
they don't need to work in business. I guess we'll say it this way, you know, they have to be military and that's all. Subscribe to our podcast or visit the website insideconflict.com. For more information about the work of the ASPR, visit ASPR.ac.at. Until next time.